0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the official Laguna Beach podcast. I have been teasing this for a while, and I'm so glad it's finally happening. If you don't know, my name's Kelly, and I run the Laguna Beach Instagram, which is a ton of fun, and you guys encourage me to do this. I was nervous about doing a one-woman podcast, but I'm going for it. Bear with me. This is the first episode, so let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> I figured that We can do rundowns of the episodes, things like that. And then at the end, I am doing advice. I'm giving unsolicited advice, kind of. You guys are asking me questions and I'm answering. But that was probably one thing that Elsie or Lauren did that I really connected with. I always give my friends advice and I think I'm right. And it's also a big character defect, I guess. But luckily, my friends expect it and... Sometimes they'll take my advice and sometimes they won't, and I just have to live with the fact that not everybody wants to listen to me. <laughs> but I am going to be giving advice at the very end after I talk about the episode. And of course, this week, first episode, we're going to talk about the black and white affair, which is a really great way to start the series, I think. It really introduces everybody. It gives you great insight what's going to happen. And it just seems fun. I wish I was at that party, kind of. One thing they kept saying was, you can't be loud. And if I was in high school going to a party that openly had drinking, I would have been super loud and probably been asked to leave the Surf and Sam Resort. But before I get into the black and white affair, a lot of people want to know why I started the page. Or, you know, what my obsession with Laguna is. And it's just nostalgic for me. My friends and I always talked about it, joked about it, all of that. And then, after a couple glasses of wine, almost two years ago now, I said to my friend Brenna, I was like, I'm gonna make an Instagram called Laguna Biatch. And then I did it. And then um, Alex M. and Jessica were super open to it, which was really cool. And they were the first cast members to kind of connect with me about it, and they were the first cast members to do what I call lives, Instagram live interview, which is a lot of fun. You can see them on my YouTube page. Just type in Laguna Biatch, but I'll upload it into podcasts as well so you can listen to it and listen to me try not to fangirl the whole time. But yeah, so let's get right into it. Let's get into the black and white affair. Because I think that this opening, had it have happened now, the show would not have been picked up. And that's simply because they were just like normal high school kids that had super nice houses and were better looking than any high schoolers I've ever seen in my entire life. But it starts off with the overview of Laguna, you know, small town in the OC. And this is when the OC was at its peak. Um... You know, Liz Gately saw the OC and was like, hmm, let's do a docudrama, but let's use 16 and 17-year-olds so we can manipulate them a little better, and it's going to be a reality show, but it's going to be semi-scripted, so it's not going to be like real world, and there's no competition, so it's not like Survivor, so let's see what happens. And I will say, Laguna, like the housewives, the Kardashians, all of them should thank Laguna for... Walking so they could run. But we get introduced to the whole cast right away, except for Dieter. Dieter is not mentioned, but Dieter is such a huge part of the show. So, justice for Dieter, justice for Alex H., but she's not huge in season one, but she is in season one. She's in the first episode a few times. So, first person we're introduced to is Lo. And right away, Lo is Elsie's homegirl. They are best buddies. The only reason Elsie got through senior year was because of her buddy, Lowe. And then we have Christina, and she's introduced as, she's the reverend's daughter. No, really, she is. And when I heard that in eighth grade, I was like, okay. Like, I still kind of don't get it. I was like, I'm thinking about it as I'm talking about it, and I still don't really get it. Like, a reverend's daughter is supposed to be wild? Is she more of a Mary Camden or more of a Lucy Camden? That's all I need to know. Who would play, who would she be in Seventh Heaven? It's all I care about. And then we get Morgan. And Morgan has the worst introduction. Worst and best, I guess. I don't know. But basically, she's saving herself for the right guy. If I was 17, and I was a 17-year-old virgin, but if I was introduced as that... On national television, I would have been mortified. Oh, my God. You don't need to, you know, let everybody know that, okay, Elsie? Sorry we're not all hooking up with Steven and Talon. We're doing our best, though, okay? Then we have Trey. He's a serious one. But we know he's the woke one with the dope party house. And I, if you heard that beep, I live near traffic, but... He has a dope party house, trucker hats, wears belts on his arms. He has fashion shows. He's like the coolest kid in the world um, with a really cool house. And he also has a dog that we meet, like, <laughs> on his last episode. He has a really cool dog. Then we have Talon. He's the hot junior. He's hooked up with most girls twice. All right. We get it. Talon's, Talon's dope. Talon's a hottie. Then, of course, we get to Kristen. And Elsie, right away, you know she does not like Kristen. Drama follows Kristen. She thinks she's hot. And then Elsie goes, Okay, I guess she is hot. How much do you think she hated having to say that? Just thinking about that, like even now, I'm 27. And if I had to say that about a girl who I didn't like, I'd be like, Damn, I don't want to say that. Which brings us to Steven. All the girls loved Stephen. And, you know, right away where he's a heartthrob, but he never really did it for me. And he still kind of doesn't, you know, watch, well, watching it back as a 27 year old, it's probably a good thing. I'm not attracted to like 17 year old Steven, but I'd say out of all them, Talon's the winner, not Talon, Trey's the winner. I'm sorry. Trey's the winner. Talon's the hottest, but Trey's the winner. Um... And then, of course, Elsie introduced herself. And she lets you know that sometimes you have to go after what you want because she's done being the good girl. I mean, it's just so perfect. It's just so wrong and so perfect. And right away, you know there's going to be girl fights. You know Steven. Steven's a good guy. He just doesn't know what he wants, right? Opening scene, the girls are sitting around the the tea-spilling table, as we called it, on Friday Night Lives, it's that the glass table. It could be circular, it could be like a long rectangle, but that's where you and your girls would sit and just talk shit about people, right? It'll be after school. You'd sit there and be like, "I can't believe that this person did this during lunch or or whatever." Tea spilling table, and they start talking about a GI Joe party, which I've posted pictures of on my page, and that was Miss Cami Edwards' party, and she's brought up. They say Cami's at Cammie's house, nobody dressed up. And in my head, I'm like, okay, so Cammy is a key player of season three. She's also Jason's prom date in season two. And she's mentioned in the first episode. If they wanted season three to work, they should have had Cammy be more of a focus, right? See, my head was just all three seasons. I could have made season three work, guys. So they start talking about a hotel party and Lo comes up with the idea of the black and white affair. Me and my friends were not that cool. There is no way we would have thought of, number one, a hotel party, number two, a dress up party, number three, call it the black and white affair. We would probably sit there and be like, yeah, who are we going to invite? We don't really have like a lot of friends. Um, Whose house is it going to be at? There would never be even... A thought of going to a hotel that is $700 a night back then. My mom would be like, are you out of your mind? Truthfully, I still couldn't afford to, s- to stay one night at the, at there. So yeah, that that's pretty wild, I guess, looking back. I was watching that in like my apartment as my mom worked two jobs just to, you know, bring, put food on the table, I guess. But Watching that being like, I wish my mom would spend $700 so me and my friends could have a dope party. Um, and one of my favorite things of the whole scene is the I forgot you list. Morgan says, well, we have this list, but let's keep like 10 open invitations for the I forgot you list, which is brilliant. Morgan was not utilized enough. She was always funny, always smiling, except for when she got... her her letter from BSU. She didn't get into college, but other than that, she was always like, great. So then, here comes Kristen. Kristen's opening scene is she's floating in a hot tub. Like, that is such a bad bitch way to be introduced to, um, you know, onto a show. And then, of course, her phone call with Alex H., who is one of my personal favorites. I love Alex H., and Justice for Alex H, justice for Dieter and Morgan Aspo. We'll we'll get into all that later, guys. Don't you worry, okay? Um, after that, there's more beach scenes, and we get it, we get it. Everybody surfs, everyone loves the ocean there. Everybody skimboards. Everybody looks good in a bathing suit. Like we get it, okay? We get it. Growing up on the East Coast, the water was always so cold. I hated the beach. I tried so hard to like it, but just, it just wasn't for me. All those rocks, all that seaweed, all that sand. I'm very pale. The sun is not good to me. Anyway, let's let's reel it back in. We're going to Laguna Surf and Sport. Laguna Surf and Sport, right? That's how Steven answers the phone? No, he just answers at Surf and Sport. But he's super bored, and Kristen walks in, and... He brightens up and he's so excited to see Kristen. And he invites her to Trey's barbecue. She doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go if Lauren's there. Um, Can't blame her. Lauren and her, they hated each other, right? Kinda, maybe. The production wanted them to really, really hate each other. And it just keeps setting up the tone for the rest of the series, right? Even the, even Lauren's last episode on the Hills, they made sure to bring Kristen in just to remind us that they have hated each other since high school. Those producers, they just, they know what they're doing. So they end up go- showing Lauren at Trey's barbecue and Lauren is so bored. She's calling low saying she's the only senior girl. And I have a feeling Lauren is that girl who will stand in the, like corner of a party and not talk to anybody and not be like friendly. That's just my guess. Um, You know, everyone's walking around with their beers, with their Heineken. Polster has his Heineken hat drinking out of his green little Heineken bottle, which is funny. I feel like that's such a high school drink, Heineken beer. I don't know why. I'm not a beer person, but I feel like when he went to parties, there was like Corona and Heineken. Those were the two the two go-tos. And then they talk about bubble bathing. And Lauren lets Dieter know that's a very mean thing to do. So everybody's at this party, except for Kristen and her buddy Alex H. And Steven and Kristen would have such good-looking babies. And I wonder how many times they fed that line to Alex H. for her to say it. I don't know. I'm giving a whole rundown of the whole episode. Things might change as the podcast continues, but this is kind of what I'm doing because I understand not everybody owns the DVDs. Some people probably haven't even seen the episode for, what, 15 years, 14 years. So I'm just trying to paint a picture for you guys. I'm sorry if I'm just like telling you stuff you already know, but... It's just such a good episode, and there's so many good scenes. I was re-watching it, and this is the first time I've watched it for, like, just to watch it and take notes for this. And I was like, wow, this show is actually really good. Lightning in a bottle for this one. And, you know, there's there's so many scenes where Elsie and Steven seem to be looking at each other, but Steven could be looking at his burger being cooked on the grill, but we have no idea. Because that's how production made it. And production, man, I give them credit. I would love to interview someone on that show who had to like make 16-year-olds look dramatic and all that. Not that they had to work really hard. 16-year-olds are the worst. So are 17-year-olds. So are 18-year-olds. But I mean, it's it's all about the magical laguna, right? So at the end. Elsie and Steven leave to go to Steven's house, drama, and now you watch it and you're like, fuck Steven, man. He was two-timing time these two girls. But when you're watching it when you're younger and before, I mean, when it was cool to make, like, women hate each other, you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, he belongs with Elsie. Where end of the day, he was actually Kristen's boyfriend. <laughs> we were tricked. MTV tricked us. They tricked us into rooting for the home record. <laughs> But she was the nice one, and Kristen wasn't nice, but, I mean, end of the day, Kristen was Steven's girlfriend, and they dated for, like, two years or something. The next morning, they go to Elsie's new mansion, and I remember seeing that and being like, wow, these kids are rich. Like, again, my mom was working two jobs, and God bless her. She worked at American Eagle, so we could get that 40% discount so I didn't have to shop at, like... I don't know, Sears, or I don't know if other places in the country had places called Ames, which was kind of like a cheaper Sears. It was between like a Walmart and a Sears, I guess. But um, yeah, that was crazy. That was insane. And it also let me know that Laguna Beach was going to have the greatest soundtrack in the world because they started playing 100 Years by Five for Fighting. And that song, it makes me cry. It makes my mom cry. Should make everybody cry, but it was kind of a weird <laughs> a weird time to play it while they're like sitting in the fake jacuzzi, and then they point out Kristen's house, which is, looks like a little speck from Elsie's giant mansion in the hills. So next scene, we cut to Talon and Kristen, and this actually kind of sets up things for season two as well, I guess, but season two is so far out of my mind, or out of production's mind, but season two is my favorite. And they talk about Elsie and Steven. It's always about Elsie and Steven and Kristen. And, you know, she doesn't get it. And I don't blame Kristen for being pissed. You know, she's 16, 17, however old. And she's just trying to date Steven the hottie. That's all she's trying to do. She's trying to hook up with Talon on the side, which is, you know, which, that's her prerogative. But Talon makes sure to make a point to say that he hooks up with both Kristen and Lauren. So Steven, you ain't shit because Talon's doing it too, right? And, <laughs> and um, and then he lets Kristen know he's tired of hooking up with the same girls and he wants a new girl. And of course, Kristen goes, What do you mean you're tired of hooking up the same girl? And he goes, You know it's you. And the face that Kristen makes is kind of like, You just said that on television. You just said that while we're being filmed. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, such a good scene and it brings Talon in. And I love Talon, so that's a good way to go. And then there's some bro talk in like a furniture store. I have no idea about this scene, but like Steven, Polster, Trey, and Dieter, they're all sitting in like a furniture store just talking about Steven's love life. I don't know if that's what guys actually do. Um, I can't imagine the guys that I know sitting in, like, Pier 1 being like, so, Steven, how is your relationship? I, I don't think that's how it goes. Maybe it does. I don't know. But it was just such a bizarre moment, and I appreciate it. I love Pier 1 talks, but that was that. Next scene, our boy Steven is picking up Kristen for a date night. They go to Pomodoro, which we all know is the hotspot for Laguna. And after talking to a lot of cast members, most places wouldn't let them film inside of like a restaurant or anything or even nail salons. That's why they always went to the same places like Coffee Clutch and Pomodoro and a couple other places because a lot of places people were against the show. So that's why every date night was at Pomodoro's, but I bet you they had really dope Italian food. When I went there in October, I was so sad that I couldn't take myself on a date to Pomodoro's. I just feel like it would have really been full circle for me. But Kristen lets Steven know that Taylor, who I'm, I'm hoping is Taylor from season two, never been clarified, but that's my guess. Taylor saw you leaving Lawrence at 9.15. And Steven's face just drops and he's chewing with his mouth open, driving me crazy the way he eats. Not in a good way, not a good crazy, but, you know, he's like, no, that was like 7.30. So you lied to me. You were at Lauren's, Kristen says. (laughs) And, you know, that was a pretty tense scene. And Kristen said, I don't want to talk about it. And she has said that when she, you know, if she was on screen saying, I don't want to talk about it, it meant they were going to fight but they were going to fight off screen. They weren't going to fight on screen. They weren't going to fight each other and let MTV capture it, which is really lame because that would have been a fun thing to watch. Don't you love watching other people's drama? I sure do. That's why I watch Laguna Beach, right? Next scene is super cute. It's the girls getting ready for the black and white affair and Christina is crimping her hair. She is crimping the shit out of her hair and it is gorgeous. Let's bring that back, okay? you know, they're talking about dresses. I don't really care because I'm not a fashion person, but I can appreciate what they're talking about. And then Lo says she wanted to wear white, but she can but most white dresses are trashy. Flash to Kristen, who is wearing a short white dress. Does not look trashy. Killing it with her hair, with that those layers, with that side bang. She's asking Alex H and Jessica what shoes to wear and looks great. Doesn't look trashy. I could never wear a white dress. Kristen does it flawlessly. They all show up. Well, actually, there's a weird scene where Steven runs over Dieter's cologne, which I don't really understand. I really don't get it. And then I was like, was there alcohol in the cologne? Is that why Dieter was so upset? Do do guys wear a lot of cologne? I don't know. Guys in my school just wore, like, Axe body spray. And they'd walk by you, and you'd smell it for, like, the rest of the day. It was the worst. Um. So, you know, everyone shows up at the party. Elsie shoots Kristen a dirty look. Kristen sits on the bed. She's miserable. She says, this is bullshit. And then Lauren says, I just want to get shit-faced. Which it might be my favorite Lauren line of Laguna. But, of course, they block it out because... Although they are promoting teen drinking, they probably don't want someone openly saying they're going to get shit-faced. But again, people are walking around with those Heineken bottles, man. I really don't know. Do they still sell Heineken? I don't like beer, but I'll drink a Heineken and let you guys know what it's like. I'm guessing it's not awesome. That's my guess. But, you know, there's so much editing, so much slicing scenes where... Steven and Elsie are swap swapping looks across the room and Kristen sees and Kristen just wants to leave and then Elsie wants to physically remove her from the party, which I would have died to see. I would I would have paid a lot of money to see Elsie physically remove Kristen. Just because they always talk such a big game, I don't want to promote violence. But if she wanted to, you know, hold her hand and walk her out the door being like, you're being, you know, you're being awful. Kinda what she does to um Jessica in season two, I would have been okay with that. I would have been really okay with that. So there are more glances. Christina's trying to get everyone to dance. They do a weird Congo line, but I guess that's that's like in the beginning scenes. Da- um, Christina's dancing on a bed and you're kind of like, whoa, she's the Reverend's daughter. What is she doing? Uh, she must be a Mary Camden. And then everyone leaves. Everyone leaves Elsie and she's, you know, she's standing on the um patio by herself. She's really sad. There's dramatic music. Some guy says, I'm gonna do I'm going to skinny dip. See you later. And Elsie just goes, No. She slowly walks to the balcony and looks over and she's upset. She's hurt, guys. She is hurt by how Steven left with his girlfriend when Steven should really be with her. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, so that's the first, you know, that kind of sets us up for the rest of the series. It's all Elsie, Steven, and Kristen. Steven's very boring. That's one thing I realized re-watching this. And so is Elsie. Kristen really brought it. Um, but they had good players around them. And like I said, they didn't utilize utilize Morgan enough. I think we could have got a lot more out of her. But I asked my followers what advice they needed and i got a couple really good ones um you know some of them i don't know how to answer but one of them was nightmare coworker but a job with great potential should i look for a new job or just keep dr- grinding you know i would say continue with work because There's always going to be an asshole at your job. That's one thing that I learned is like there was always that dick coworker that you just can't get along with. You can't get along with everyone and you shouldn't fault yourself with that. Some people, they just make it impossible. But I say stick with it and you can't, this is for anyone, you can't change how people act. You can only change the way you react to them. And reminding myself that constantly when I'm around the coworker I don't like really helps. And I say stick with it if you really love the job. But if that coworker is making your job too difficult, maybe go to HR or something. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Go to HR, talk about it, um, or just try and ignore them completely if possible. Which laguna beach trend should I reintroduce to your my personal style someone asked I am going to say the side bang i'm a big side bang fan Right now. I have full bangs in the summer. I'll probably go back to side bangs You know, I have big foreheads, so I got to keep it covered somehow, but i'd say we need to bring Side bangs and maybe chunky highlights back um I this isn't a laguna trend but Kelly Clarkson's thankful album cover, I just, I want that haircut and hairstyle so bad. I still do. You know, I think that it's time for me just to go for it. I'm seeing Kelly Clarkson in March and I feel like I'm going to pass out when I see her. So, might as well have her haircut in single white female right? I hope you guys get that, get what I said, the single white female thing. If not, Google it. You'll see what I mean. Any advice? on things to do get out to get out of a funk. So yeah, the past month has been really, really hard for me. Um, I lost my cousin who was like a little brother to me at the end of December. And I've been in a funk all of January, all of it. Like I know I've gained weight. I know I kind of haven't taken care of myself. And I think it's okay to be in a funk for a little bit. It's okay to let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. Just don't sit with it for too long. It's okay to be in a funk. You can't be happy all the time. But I would say talk to your friends and make sure you hang out with people. Make sure you don't seclude yourself. Being able to go out with my friends has really helped me. And I've I've surrounded myself with really great people. And they'll ask me, you know, are you okay? And if I say no, they'll they'll listen. And don't think your problems aren't big problems because what – may seem like the end of the world for me is not the same thing that's going to be the end of the world for you. So that's another thing to remember. I feel like we're also in our heads about our issues where we'll say, you know, oh, it's not that important. It's not that important. If you're upset it is that important and you should put your feelings first. And your friend shouldn't judge you for it. There will be times where I kind of get worked up about something dumb and my friends will be like, it's not that, it's not that serious. You need to take a step back and it's the truth. But in order to get out of that funk, I think you need to let yourself be in it for a minute and then be like, okay, okay. You know, I've cried for two weeks straight. How am I going to do this? And then you just kind of slowly but surely make your way through a day. And you're like, wow, I didn't cry today. Wow, today was a good day. And hold on to that feeling. It's, it's good to have a good day. So yeah, I would say that. And I hope that that advice corner is enough. Um, there are a couple other ones about body image, how to be comfortable in your own body. And that's something I'm really working on. Um, I have probably been uncomfortable in my own body since I was in like third grade, but I'm really just trying to embrace life more. I think that's really important. I think everyone needs to embrace it more. So yeah. So that's the first episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Please Um, slide in my DMs if you have any questions. Give me a follow. Let me know what you think about this. And I am so, so excited to keep doing these. And I'll talk to you later.